Hey y'all, it's Livy. Welcome back to the podcast. So this is a new series that I want to do on the podcast. I'll be bringing back highlight clips of old episodes that I think are really valuable that I want to make sure that are reaching people. So today's today's the future highlight is from a very early episode I did with Simon Cohen. Simon is from the UK. He is a peace activist, a keynote speaker, a broadcaster, and an entrepreneur. Simon began to gain popularity in the media when he exited his company called Global Tolerance. It was a communications agency and he just gave it away for the purpose of spending more time with his family. And he did this to show an example of a different type of exit strategy, an example of leadership. And now he loves being a dad, he's working on writing a book, and gives keynote talks around the world. And when I first entered the space of personal development, and when I first connected with Simon and he came on the podcast, he helped direct me in a lot of ways in my storytelling and in my my mission and figuring out what my real why was. And Simon is a master storyteller and speaker, and he's someone that's just very collected and humble and someone that I admire in a lot of ways. And before we hop into it, there is one key lesson that I think about on a regular basis ever since I've recorded this podcast with Simon. And that was at the end of the episode, I don't know if we even caught it on recording, but I told him, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to come onto the podcast. And this was right when my podcast was beginning and I hadn't had that many really big guests on. And so I was really, I had so much gratitude that he came onto the show and and was willing to share all of his wisdom with my audience. And after I at the end of the podcast, when I was when I said thank you so much for coming on, thank you for taking your time to be here. He was actually on holiday with his family when he came to record the podcast. And without hesitation, he said to me, Thank you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity to have a beautiful conversation because my time is not of any more value than yours. And that hit me really hard. And I promised myself in that moment that no matter how much success I achieved, I would always have that mindset. I would not care where anyone else is professionally in their life. Their time is as valuable as mine, period. And I loved that. And that is a lesson that will stick with me for the rest of my life. And just, it was just a beautiful example of the way Simon leads and the way that I want to be a leader. So enjoy this quick highlight episode and I have some awesome guests coming on. I know I've been a bit inconsistent but I want to continue doing these highlight episodes, doing a few solo episodes here and there and I have been getting new guest interviews in the bank that I think that I know will be incredibly helpful and will help steer you as you move forward in your life.
Um, but I think also just reflecting on um, on questions that again might patronizingly be called too simplistic. Um, questions like what is of most value to you in your life? And and I think that um, well, let me ask you, Livy, what's of most value to you in your life? Uh, I would say connecting with people, the connections yeah. I make, and spreading love. Yeah, right, wonderful. And and I've asked that question to thousands of people around the world, and every single time, it's around love, it's around relationships, connections, it's around um, health and well-being, it's around memories, it's the intangible things, and yet when it comes to career or when it comes to making the big decisions in our life so many of our decisions are completely out of sync with what is of most value to our mm -hmm. life and and i think that when when we begin to see the dissonance the divergence between what we know in our heart of hearts to be of most value and then the choices that society says that we should take in order to get a good in inverted commas <laughs> career or a good inverted commas house or car or clothes or whatever it might might be um, when we when we pause and reflect on that that question what is of most value every single day what is of most value these questions around purpose and meaning I think that when we do that we naturally invite more dancing and silliness and connection and love into our lives what we don't do is go and buy more stuff or go and you know accumulate material wealth what we don't do is um, be mean or unkind to the people that we love most in the world when we systematically reflect on that which is of most value as someone once said the most valuable things in life aren't things and so when we when we actually talk about these ideas and we reflect on these ideas day in after day out, then we're more empowered to make choices that honour that which is of most value. And I think it's important to, to, to say that there's nothing intrinsically wrong in making a living in, uh, in money in material wealth they are um, and the buddhist teacher that i i work with he's very clear on that as well that it's a tool and any tools can be used to to, to heal heal or harm but i think what the problem that we have in our consumerist and capitalist society is that again even though we know intrinsically that what is most important in life is connection and love and kindness and that money is a means to an end of being happy and being healthy and these other things. Mm -hmm. In the consumerist and capitalist agenda, the money has become the ends rather than the means. So we, we, we work, work, work in order to accumulate the material wealth rather than we accumulate material wealth or earn a living in order to serve the well-being of myself, my family, my community, my nation, my world and the cosmos you know if you want to really go out yeah. there so which i like to i like to go out there to the cosmos it's fun um so so i think that for for me when i and i went on the traditional 
I'm not just speaking um, theoretically. I, I made choices to take the traditional career path because that's what I thought, you know, in college, what do I do? Okay, get a job and get a job and then try and earn more money and get another job and keep on going that way. And that's what it means to be successful, right? Um, and I did those things. I ticked the conventional boxes, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. And, and I realized <laughs> that, um, you know, I left, left home at 7 a.m. I got back at 7 p.m., that's 12 hours. That's half my life. And I was, I was like, I don't want to spend half my life unhappy. Yeah. Um, and when that penny dropped, um, I, and I realized that I was making a living and I was just making fat cats fatter. And I wasn't <laughs> really, I was selling stuff to people that they didn't need as in the advertising realm. And I had this kind of existential moment of feeling in my heart of hearts that I'm a nice guy. And I was the guy that my friends would would um, come to for guidance or advice. And yet, the work that I was actually doing, or putting another way, the choices that I was making every day was not aligned with my perception of self. So Gandhi said that happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. Mm. And so I thought I was a really nice guy. and. I had this like nice perception of self and I'd even talk a good talk as well. You know, I'd say, say, say um, seemingly wise stuff. But when you looked at the choices that I was making, my actions and my job and my career path, um, it was out of alignment. And I felt like I had a, a professional mask on. And I felt that actually the me that I was becoming, spending half of my life making these choices, I was, I, was, um, I was not that person I thought I was because the person that we are, the people that we are, is accumulation, a culmination of what we think and what we say and what we do. And when you, when you find anyone, it doesn't matter what they do, when you find someone who is completely aligned with their thoughts, their words and deeds, you will see their eyes light up. You will see their heart mm. is on fire and you will want to be around them because they incite and inspire something within you that is craving for that alignment, for that mm. happiness or that, that alignment between thoughts, words and deeds. Um, and so it, making a living versus making a life is very, very personal to me. And when I made that choice to try as best as I can, and I still muck up, daily I get it wrong <laughs> and that's okay I am a mere mortal and we all are um, but when I when I made that conscious decision to seek to align my thoughts my words and actions and I set up um, a company in a social change space um, my sense of well-being and happiness and service um, really exponentially increased and the great thing about that was the material wealth, the, you know, the making a living bit um, took care of itself. Because guess what happens when you're, when you're doing something that your, your heart is on fire about? N naturally, people want to support you. They're like, oh my God, you, you, you're, Definitely. you're completely alive with this. How can I help? Um, and before you know it, it, it was a sustainable enterprise and it, and it grew and it grew and, and, and the rest is history, as they say.
the thing that seems to be about the human condition is that um, you know we've known the information, for example, about climate change for many many years, and we've known information about smoking. We've known the information about we know stuff that is in, intrinsically bad for us, mm-hmm. and yet we still make choices that are against our own and each other's self-interest. And it's only when we directly experience it um, that we go, oh, I've got this awful lung condition. Maybe I shouldn't have been smoking 20 cigarettes a day. (sighs) And, And so that has been the human story for the tens of thousands of years that we've been about. Our future, however, depends on us breaking out of that karmic cycle of behaviour. Our future depends on that wisdom of learning from other people's mistakes. Our future depends on us looking at the science, listening to uh, this podcast, listening to, to, to other people's crisis moments and refusing for one's own sake and for the sake of our species. And it's not to... Uh, much to say that our very survival as a species is at stake here, to choose differently, to to choose not to have to go through the direct experience of suffering and have an existential moment, and just simply, and that's not going to be the biggest motivator. The biggest, we're never fully motivated by fear. And, you know, that's why I set up a communications agency that was all around spreading positivity and solutions rather than spreading uh, fear and paralyzing people into inaction. Instead, make those choices based on that simple question, what is of most value to you? And then make choices that honor that decision. And I think that had I done that, there's no way that I would have misappropriated my expense account. I would have been like, what on earth are you doing? Like, oh my goodness. I, and in, in the UK, we had um, just a few years later, the whole expense scandal in the House of Commons and the House of Parliament. It's rife mm. in certain sectors, but like, what, what on earth are you doing? And it's only when we reflect on our own behaviour, our own choices, our own words, our own thoughts, that we, uh, we begin to, to, to make changes. And I think that there's a really useful distinction between, an, uh, and it's quite a crude one, but let's go with it anyway, between East and West and different mindsets. So in, in the West, um, the most popular board game of all time is chess. And, and chess, uh, as you know, is very much around, okay, the objective of this game is to catch the king. Yeah. And... And so our, our society is very, very much focused on that's what success looks like. So that there's an outcome that we need to achieve. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're like really big into planning and scheduling and saying, okay, by 30, I'm going to make my first million. And then by 35, I'm going to have a big house. And by 40, I'm going to be doing whatever. And we think in terms of, milestones and timescales we've got a very temporal way 
of looking at, at the world. But that I think that that can be really, um, again, paralyzing because I, how how on earth do you um, do you work towards that when when where you are now and what you want to be or who you want to be the distance between that feels huge. Like if yeah. you're if you're renting a house in London, for example, and think, okay, well, I'd love to, you know, my objective is I want to um, have my own home in the next 10 years. How on earth do you do that with London rent prices, what they are? And it's just, it feels impossible. And so there's that Western mindset. And the East, they, the, the, the most popular game is something called Go. And they don't think in terms of outputs and outcomes. They think in terms, it's a strategy game in terms of conditions and causes. And so, for example, if I wanted to, um, and this, this, this explains a lot around foreign policy and a lot around um, geopolitics, if you follow that kind of thing, and why we don't seem to get China or Russia or, or, or others, because we've got a completely different mindset. Yeah. But, but the the way I think about it is focusing on the field rather than the flower. And so rather than thinking, oh, I want to be this beautiful flower with this lovely aroma, the Eastern mindset is what are the natural conditions under which a flower will naturally emerge, will naturally grow. Mm. And so if I think to myself, okay, well, I, what is most of most value to me in my life is the connections that I make with people and the ability to spread love. And so then I think about well, what are the, the, the most fertile conditions under which those connections can be made? What are the most fertile in, uh, and both internal conditions and external conditions? You see, after I gave away my company, and we moved to Cornwall and I changed a lot of my external conditions. I made lots of choices, but I still wasn't that happy. Even after this, I still wasn't that happy. And I realized that I'd made so many choices that changed my external conditions, mm. but hadn't made choices to really work on my internal conditions. And so the, the in, inner soil wasn't fertile. And so that joy, that love couldn't... Uh, naturally flower and so I think that rather than thinking oh how am I how on earth um, let's just say that wealth material wealth is the thing that you uh, is of most value to you and I'm sure it's not for your for your listeners (laughs) but let's just go with it anyway rather than thinking how am I going to buy that house and it being paralyzing instead it's thinking about well what are the conditions that would be in place that under which that material wealth can naturally emerge. And that, that would really help tease out a strategy or a plan that would naturally emerge in that, in that wealth from coming. And I think that it's a lot more liberating to, um, to think about... Um, my, my, my girls love Disney and Frozen, and I've got the thing that's <laughs> popped into my head is this lovely song in Frozen 2 which is about the next, uh, do the next right thing. And, and I love, I love that, that philosophy and that idea of rather than something feeling big and unmanageable, how can I do the next right thing? And what does the right thing mean to me? 
what are the conditions under which I can make a, a beneficial choice or say a beneficial thing or do a beneficial thing?